for a church not to be missional is for a church to be unfaithful. And, and I think it's not optional. It, it is who we are. It's not what we do. It is who we have been called to be in Christ as ambassadors, as agents of reconciliation here and abroad. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Edgar Aponte. Edgar is the Minister of Global Missions at Idlewild Baptist Church in Lutz, Florida. And before that, Edgar served as Vice President of Mobilization at the International Missions Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Because of Edgar's unique past in leading missions on a denominational level, I thought it was important to ask him why he believes it's so important for local churches to have a strong, thriving missions ministry. Of course, there's an easy answer to that. But I asked Edgar to go into greater depth about it. Here's what he had to say. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can unpack, develop that easy answer because I would say first because of faithfulness to the Lord. I mean, the, the great commission, the great commission was not given to us in Matthew 28. The the idea of God gathering the nations it permeates the whole Bible. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. back Genesis 12 when the Lord. Uh, called Abraham and he said I will bless you and through you the nations of the earth will be blessed so the the, mm. the scope of that calling of Abraham is that God will bring his name his salvation to the nations through his people so I think when we are called into fellowship with God we're called to make him known among the nations I love what Paul says in, in Romans 15, I say, I have made my ambition to proclaim Christ where, where he is not named. So that is kind of a, the global scope. But I think mm-hmm. the whole idea of us loving our neighbors, being salt and light is grounded, connected to the Great Commission as well. Uh, we, as people get to know us. So in one sense, I want our church to be kind of a an embassy, uh, a, a, an outpost mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. here in the city of Tampa, where people are blessed as they are interacting with our uh, members. It, it is that global scope, but it's also that uh, uh, local church. For a church not to be missional is for a church to be unfaithful. And and I think it's not optional. It it is who we are. It's not what we do. It is who we have been called to be in Christ as ambassadors, as agents of reconciliation here and abroad. Why? So let's let's look at it from a converse to to that statement. Why why do you think that there are some churches that um, are less 
committed to a thriving global missions program outside of, um, you know, their, their, their services and things like that? Why do you think they struggle with having a, a strong missions program? Okay. Well, yeah, that's a great question. And that take, allows me to take kind of the answer to a different place. For example, I will say, uh, in my role here at Idaho, I'm, 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 I'm part of the teaching team. I, I, I'm preaching often, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, but I'm responsible for all global missions. I'm, I'm responsible for international, national church planting and, and local missions. Mm. And I have a team of people that, that I, that I over, uh, that I work with. But I will tell you, it will be impossible for me to do what I do if my senior pastor is not engaged and passionate about. If you mm-hmm. see a church that is passionate about missions, it is because the leadership of the church is passionate about missions. The people, the congregation will be passionate about whatever the leadership is passionate about. If you can have a great mission program, but if the senior pastor, the lead teaching person in the church is not pushing through the preaching of the word missions, it will not work. I can tell you that. And I think most of the time people say, why do you have good mission programs? And they don't wonder or they don't ask themselves, what, how is the, the preaching of scripture shaping the life of the church? I mean, that would be one answer. Uh, I have friends who have served in churches where they feel like, Mike, I have to convince my senior pastors to do this, but he's not excited about that. Well, that would be a big challenge. That perhaps will not work if the senior pastor is not committed, is not passionate, is not convinced that this is a priority for the local congregation. And I think that that, that happens too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. perhaps uh, that's one reason. Perhaps another reason is uh, pastors feel like, I mean, ministering, pastoring is, is hard. I mean, the last uh, mm. uh, two years, they have been overwhelming. I mean, the kind of tensions that we have have to deal with, uh, the challenges of division, I mean, racial tensions, uh, COVID, political, everything. So you deal with that. Sometimes missions can go into the uh, uh, maybe third priority. Uh, it's like, well, we have to do. So I understand that. But I think we have to keep what the Bible keeps in the front in the front. And, uh, and have that commitment with ourselves before the Lord that we will make missions central on the driving force of our work because it is in the Bible. It's so easy to allow the busyness of the the daily life of being a pastor and leading the church and ministering to the people within the congregation itself to become so overwhelming that we sometimes get our eyes off of the prize when it comes to uh, the purpose of the church and the mission of the church um, with that. What are some ways that as a missions pastor, you could you would try to encourage the lead pastor in a church to refocus on um, on missions and outreach. Uh, well, yes, that I would say if if you are a pastor who are serving in a church where the senior pastor perhaps is so busy and overwhelmed with the hectiness of ministry and missions is not one of the, his top three priorities, I would say 
pray, uh, I mean, ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Uh, ask the Lord to, uh, to even to convict that brother, that leader, that pastor of the need of being obedient to the Great Commission. I will perhaps even invite the pa- this pastor, depending on the kind of relationship that you have with him, to read a book together on missions or perhaps a missionary biography. Uh, I, I think that's helpful. Uh, but, but I think it, it will be difficult if you don't have that fellowship, that partnership, that good relationship to do it. Because you don't want the senior pastor to feel like rebuked, confronted, or attacked by your mission pastor. Mm-hmm. That would not work. That mm-hmm. would not work for you, and that would not work for the church. But it is, it's mm-hmm. having that relationship, that dialogue, that partnership. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I think that's central. Uh, I, I will tell you, by God's grace, that's not my case here. When, when I came to Ottawa, <laughs> it was already in, an engaged, passionate about missions. It has been, uh, I think, the heartbeat of the church for the last three decades because of um, our mm-hmm. senior pastor, Witten. I mean, he, he loves mission. I mean, he is... He served with, as a trustee with the International Mission Board uh, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. And he, t- he tells me and he tells people like those eight years as a trustee with IMB were one of the best years in ministry. How much uh, he loved serving uh, and caring for missionaries. And so that is key. Uh, uh, so f- for me has been a delight. I-, I have not been in that situation, but I know others who have been. Now, you mentioned that you uh, previously served with the International Missions Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, and obviously the the senior pastor there at Idlewood, your lead pastor, had that con- that relationship um, as well. So missions is a big part of, of the heartbeat there at Idlewild. But I'm curious, from your time when you served with the IMB and you got to see missions from uh, a a broader perspective, um, both within the churches, within the convention and what was happening as they served, um, with missions. Um, I wonder what was the most encouraging things that you were seeing churches doing in missions today? Oh, uh, that, that's pretty broad. Uh, I, I would tell you one of the most encouraging thing that I saw was a, I remember one, uh, pastor of a very uh, small congregation, maybe, 35 members uh maybe they have 50 people every sunday morning in in attendance Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they adopted a partnership with one of our imb missionaries in south in 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 south africa and Mm -hmm. their budget was pretty small uh this specific pastor he was uh, bivocational because the church didn't have all the resources to 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 sustain him you know full time Mm -hmm. so but he he was pastor in that church, faithful. And I remember, uh, but it was one of the most active, engaging congregation. They sent people to the nation. They sent trips. I mean, this is 35 mm-hmm. members. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I, I asked him, so why? How is that happening? And he said, well, I've been teaching my congregation that we cannot put our attention on how many people we have or the size of our congregation, but we have to put our eyes on God. We may be small, but God is big. And the bigness <laughs> of God, the power of God is something that, ha- that has empowered them, compelled them to take risk for the gospel. And it, it, that has transformed that church. 
but it came from the preaching, the vision casting of that faithful pastor who is bivocational. So you see things like that that are sometimes deeply encouraging, deeply convicting. You see the faithfulness of this church is great. So you see things like that. Uh, and and you see uh, churches uh, active sending people to the nations and other churches who are not uh, maybe perhaps sending a lot of people, working with others to support those who are going and, and caring for them. And one other thing that I saw kind of, I think that's, this has been a trend in the last perhaps decade or so, is mm-hmm. in the past, churches will go to the nations to engage engage the nation, let's say it in, in South Asia or East Asia or the Middle East or in, uh, or in Africa. Uh, but now those nations are around us. I mean, for example, I, I live in Lutz, uh, just north of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Most of my neighbors are from India. I mean, this is, I mean, hmm. you would say 10, 20 years ago, that was not the case. So, mm-hmm. Think something that I saw in many churches that we have also done here at Iowa is, hey, as we go to the nations on on short trips, think about coming back and engaging those who are here. Tampa, for example, has mm-hmm. over 50,000 Muslims. Here in Tampa, one of the largest, perhaps the largest mosque in the United States, is been, in North America, it's been built in Tampa. So there are mm-hmm. a lot of Muslims here. So I tell my people, I say, if you go into Turkey, to Jordan, to the Middle East to take the gospel, and then you come back here and you do nothing, I think we're failing. Think about, you go to take the gospel there. Think about being intentional and going to those neighborhoods, to those markets here in the city to take the gospel to them. Perhaps God allowed them to come here so that we would take the gospel to them in an environment that is safe for us and just always challenging and asking our people to do that as part of their natural daily life it's natural to think of missions as something that happens overseas on trips uh, or by missionaries who are called to leave everything here and move to another country but edgar reminds us that in today's world the mission field is coming to us. We'll get back to our conversation with Edgar after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end. And it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future, a way to get there, and the courage to try And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. 
For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership. Edgar spent many years working uh, with outreach from a denominational and educational perspective. So I asked him what he's learned about missions at the local church level since becoming the Minister of Global Missions at Idlewild. Uh, how easy can be for missions to be uh, perceived as one program in the life of the church and not something that should permeate the whole life of the congregation. Hmm. Uh, I, 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 as I talk with pastors here, uh, with my brothers, my min, uh, partners in ministry, I said, there's two things I think that should permeate everything we do. Prayer and missions. Missions should not be uh, reduced to a program or few events that we have during the year. Our students, they need to think about missions. Our middle school, high schoolers, our college students, they have to be involved in missions because missions is not only for a few. The whole church should be there. Of course, not all of them will be going overseas, but it's, I, I, that's something that I have seen, how easy it can mission can become like a program, just one aspect, almost uh, r- right in that corner, that's mission where mission should be permeating everything we do and informing everything we do as we do ministry. We want to be intentional and strategic about taking the gospel to the nation, to the city, and to the whole country. Uh, that's something that I have observed uh, and how then we, how intentional we have to be uh, uh, making uh, missions, I would say, normal. I think some churches, they one of the challenges they have, for example, you know, back in the 1994, I think it was, uh, a few large Southern Baptist churches developed something they call uh, GIC, Global Impact Conferences, uh, came out of Georgia, and churches throughout the country, throughout the South, adopted that model, which is great. You, you know, the idea is you bring a speaker uh, for a weekend, a uh, well-known pastor, missionary, they will preach a message and missions, and then you will bring missionaries, you bring minister partners like one more child and others, and you have a, like a big, large mission celebration over a weekend. Well, that can be a great catalytics event and can be helpful kind of to awake, uh, you know, to awaken people, the, the, uh, the, to awake people. The challenge with that is if the congregation perceive missions as something we do one weekend out of the year, then we're failing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they will go on a trip and they say, I just went on that trip. I did my part. I checked the box. That would be a problem. Mm-hmm. Rather, we want to train them and equip them to think themselves as aliens and strangers, as missionaries, <laughs> you know, aliens <laughs> to use the language from First Peter 2. Uh, and even right now, like we, we are organizing some trainings for our church uh, on topics like normally you don't, you would not think about when you're thinking about missions. For example, one of the topics that we're training our people right now is on, on the topic of God and the transgender debate, the issue of pronouns and all of that, like transition, mm. everything that our children are struggling and being exposed in public schools today. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is why when we send people, let's say to South, Southeast Asia, 
we teach them the language, we teach them the culture, and we help them to understand the worldview of the people that they will be engaging. We just don't send people, say, go to that country and preach the gospel in one corner. It will not work. You can get killed. You can get in trouble and people will not listen to you. So we train people when we send them out. So we want to train our people to be good, faithful missionaries here in Tampa so that mm. they will know the language of the culture, which is different from the language mm. of the church, that they would need, that they would understand the worldview that is permeating, affecting the society so that they will be faithful taking the gospel, contextualizing the gospel in those places, in the offices, in the schools, everywhere they go. And that's something that I think is is key for the, uh, for the church here. And I think is a lesson that we here in America can learn from the missionaries that we sent to the nations as we try to minister here in a post-Christian world. So as, you know, if you were to sit down with the missions pastor of an average size, you know, we'll, we'll put it in the context that you're most familiar with. So average size Southern Baptist church. Um, and they are really trying to find ways to, um, to lead their church's mission efforts to a place of health, uh, going into the, you know, the post COVID era and kind of rebuilding and, and moving forward in that, what kind of advice would you give to that missions pastor? Hmm. Uh, uh, I would say be strategic and be realistic uh, and be consistent with what you do and what you say. Hmm. I think so one of the temptations for us is to have this big language and we will, uh, in quote, cast vision about where mm-hmm. we want to go how to do it and the challenges and all, I, I mean, I mean, you know, honest, honesty, I mean, missions can be romantic sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> and you know, we can be all oh, so romantic about it. And I think in that mood, pastor can say, we will do all this X, Y, and Z. And we say all that, but then we do so little. And, and the challenges that creates a, a sometimes a skepticism, in the life of the mm-hmm. church, because the, pa- mm-hmm. the the members of the church will say, "Well, you know, we say all of this, but we really don't do that," mm-hmm. and, and that can be problematic at many levels. I would say, mm-hmm. don't be too concerned about how many trips that you're taking, but think about how those trips are shaping and transforming the life of those going on the trips, and try to find good missionaries to partner and to work with. There are people who you will take to the nations and you will partner with them overseas that they do that because they need to receive you because you support them. But sometimes that might not be the best place to take some of your people. Think about being strategic. Who are we partner? Who do we partner with? And what kind of a strategy we have long term? And pray that as you go to those places, that God will call some of your members to go there. I will tell you one of the most encouraging things that has that have happened to us in the last, I mean, to me, uh, in the last couple of years is one couple. I met them 
mm-hmm. three years ago into the church. He had a, a very important position in the city. Uh, he, yeah, he was, think about a county, county uh, administrator. Uh, great guy, uh, thoughtful. He and his wife were here. They went through a mission training that we offered. And they have been here, faithful, attending uh, the church, small groups. And I, I have been meeting with him, with the husband, for the last year and a half. Through the process, I saw that he was uh, that he was curious about going to the nations. I met with him quite often. We read a book together. Uh, a year ago, he started the application process with the International Mission Board. And right now, as we speak, he is in Richmond going through a training. And next month, he and his wife, they're moving to Albania to mm. the missionary team there. And I asked them, so what is the plan? Some people ask him, he said, uh, my plan is to go there to be faithful and I'm sure I'm going to come back because mm-hmm. there's a mission there. But this is what happened. He went with us on a mission trip before that happened. And mm-hmm. God used that trip just to, I mean, he fell in love with the people and he saw the need. He saw how open they were to talk with him or how little they knew about Christ. And he and his wife, they prayed about it and they're there. So we provided the opportunity. And, and this takes me to the, to the questions back to the first question you ask and is what we can do. If you want to challenge people to be obedient to the great commission, make sure that you provide the tools for them to be obedient to that. Because if you tell them you have to do something, you should provide them something to do. But if you are challenging them and speaking about going to the nations, but you are not providing the platform or the vehicle for them to exercise that obedience, then I think you're failing them. So make sure that whatever you ask them to do, you're able to offer them to do. And and don't be too concerned about going fast or doing a lot at the beginning, just make sure that you're doing it right. There was a lot of wisdom and perspective from Edgar over the past half an hour. Here are three key points to take away. First, missions in the local church will only work if the lead pastor of the church is fully committed to it. Without that, uh, you're fighting a battle you probably won't win. Second, if the church views missions as something done for one weekend a year at a missions conference or for a few days in the summer on a trip, we are failing. Uh, Missions is a part of the life of the church and should be emphasized as such year-round. And finally, if a church is challenging its people to be involved in missions, the church must also equip them to fulfill that challenge. Otherwise, it's a lot of empty talk. I want to thank Edgar for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Idlewild Baptist Church, go to idlewild.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope 
and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership. Thank you.